hard to stand on the back of from too much fermented apple. Scrap imagining, just like we all look at tea, eating world watching over me. Ice Matchcast 69, whisper in your lover's ear, text the sound talk, 303-548-6877. Oh, and uh, shout out to Mike Flanagan, radio disc jockey on open air, Colorado Public Radio's indie music station, because he he played uh, Much Too Late for Goodbye, Julian Lennon classic on Sunday, I think, during the retrofit program. Whoa! Yeah, I was, I was about to say something. I, know. What is, what I was is watching. Home? There's like a. It's I don't just give outside. A shit. We're outside, so it's a mess. Yeah. Welcome to Natchcast 69. A little, little bit of noise. And look, that's another classic from Old Gay. Old Gay featuring Julian Lennon. <sighs> I don't know why we. You're welcome. I don't know. You know. I guess this is where you want to go with it. With what? I just, I'm having fun. This like is where I'm, you want to take the podcast. No, I want to give the people an energetic intro. Okay. And like I said, I was driving around with the family on Sunday, and that Julian Lennon song came on the radio. And you really want... I'm, I'm, and I remembered how much I had that cassette tape when I was a kid, and I loved that song. And I remember like trying to convince myself that the rest of the tape was as good, but really I just wanted to listen to that song over and over again. And then when I heard it, I was like, I, I want to make a loop of that. I love that little kind of reggae-inflected synth thing that's happening. So you did it. So I made a loop. And you. And then I had written a put poem. Put pen to paper on I wrote, I wrote that poem earlier in the morning because I saw a little red ant out near the garden. And I'd actually had a few, <laughs> few more beers than I normally would, and so I was I'm feeling not, just I'm a little... I'm not going to read the lyrics to people right now. I was now. feeling a little... not going to do it. A little dried out. Yeah. And then I saw this red ant, and I was like, I wonder if red ant... I wonder if ants get hung over. But sometimes. when did you really decide to bring in that scat? Well, I... What I hadn't remembered about uh, much Natch too late 69, whisper in your lover's ear, text me, me. Yeah, text the interrupting dickhead. That 303 who asks a question. I think everybody's done with Red Ant. No, you asked me a question. I was going to tell you why I scatted, because if you listen to the Julian Lennon song, at the end he starts fucking scatting like crazy. Oh, wow. You know what? I need to do that. <clears throat> yep. Or you could just listen to, uh, listen to Red Ant again. And Red Ant, of course, was also our favorite uh, battle cry of Ty on Survivor. That. That red ants makes something applicable to the podcast at hand. There's always a thread, dude. Shit food blogger at shit food blogger Twitter. One of my faves. Love that handle. Love to see what he's up to. What he's mad about. He's an enigma. What sort of prickly melon is tucked in his underpants? Wow. I was gonna say too. He gets a little more inside. Not inside baseball, but like he's oh, got he's a, a fellow inside baseball. Well, no, he's inside baseball, but he also just gets the media like, side. He like is inside his head. Oh, he stays inside his head a lot. So he'll say shit that yeah. with zero context. It's it's Natchcast esque. Well, I love it. shout out at shit food blogger. Everybody go follow that account right now. Let me well as if you aren't already. Yeah, I mean I know you um, are if you're following me or Natchcast or Dapper Nag. Well, yep. Well, no, this is uh, Twitter, so that would be Josh underscore Tyson. Oh. Crotch Taffy, that's his name now on Twitter. Crotch Taffy, at yeah. Shit Food Blogger, an elite and influential food blogger. Anyway, why am I saying that? Because... Because you like the sound of your own voice. No, oh, i got to click this link. Oh. It's the food media landscape. Top 
God, am I hot? Am I coming in hot? Source, MPA, the Magazine Association, total print and digital audience. Change. This is what's going on in food media. Are you ready to digest oh, I know it? What, I know what that hum is. Yeah, what is it? It's my evaporative cooler. Would you like me to shut it off? I'm guessing that the thousands of people listening to this would appreciate that. All right, you tell them. I, I know. I know this chart. This tweet. This tweet backwards and forwards. So you go ahead and tell them. I'll go turn it off. You don't know this chart at all. Yeah, there's one that's like got twice the uh, listenership. Number one has twice the li- listenership of number two. Top media properties. I don't know how they pull this off with print no and does. print and digital. Uh, all recipes topping the. Ch- okay. Oh, man. Who is this guy? How did I get hooked up with this guy to make a podcast? All recipes, 45 million. Oh, yeah, this is the uh, source of the tweet. Just a $22 million spread between first and second place, says Shit Food Blogger. Because next is Taste of Home. I don't even know what that is. Then Bon Appetit. That's crotch taffy to you, son. Very loud. You're very loud. Bon Appetit. Food Network. Now that I can get in by. I can get behind that. You like Food Network? Candy. Pure candy. (sighs) Audience of 17 million. Ooh. We should crack. We can crack this list eventually. Rachel Ray down there at the That's bottom. That's the travesty. Six million. Rachel Ray's stock is just plummeting. Craft Food and Family. Ooh, what's that? It sounds wholesome to me. Holy shit. Number 10. Do you see number 10? Is it Nashcast? Vegetarian Times. Yep, on the, on the uptick. You know what I call that? Sign O the Times. You sure would. 2.3 million. Well, you know what this makes me want to do? Jumping jacks. No, I'm going to tell people what. Who's listening to this? shit oh nice segue <laughs> yeah I, I hear there's someone in singapore who's you, been digging on natchcast i'm gonna go who global. are you top countries oh look at that oh yeah i'm pulling up the stats i'm going lifetime life of the show is that what you want to know it'll probably look most impressive how many you uh, top oh i can g- wow well let's let's look there's not enough traffic coming out of honduras or Jordan, or Gibraltar. Let's move up the chart a little bit here. There's some traffic there. In Gibraltar? Oh, yeah. Like one listen? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't got the Rocket Gibraltar, you got nothing. It registered. All right, here we go. Top ones. You want to guess? I'll give you USA, and I'll give you second place would go to our neighbors to the north. Canada? Good job. <laughs> Now I'm going to give you third place is another English-speaking country. Um, a little bit more formal. Oh, boy. Um, They're about to United vote. Kingdom. There you go. Now you'll never we get We haven't made before. a Brexit you'll from never the United it. Kingdom, have we, Mark? Topical shitty pun. <laughs> Josh Tyson. <laughs> Number four. Whew. Ireland. <clears throat> Good question. No, Ireland's 15. I'm just going to read these. You know, Netherlands. Me guessing this is not all that entertaining. You tell me if anything strikes your fancy. Netherlands. These are, okay, yes. As as uh, listeners to Nadgecast, life of the show. What a setup. U.S., Canada. I'm not going to give you stats because it's just. You've already it, said U.S. and Canada, and we know UK's next. It would be embarrassing for people to know how many people are. I mean, it's so many. All right, just keep reading the list, dude. <clears throat> Where was I? Netherlands, number four, five. Germany. Six. India. Huh. You're making news that should be exciting to me very boring, so I can't imagine what people out there must be going through right now. France. Australia. Top ten. Russia. Excuse me. Russian Federation. Okay. Aspen. New Zealand. All right. The point is Korea. We're, we're global. South Africa. Sweden. Ireland. Mexico. Belgium. Finland. Oh. Belarus. I think if I had the ability to do... Like and rounding out the top 20... Japan. One accent really well consistently would be South Africa. And I'm also going to do top Did you know Deontward is coming to Denver? I'm not going to that. We thought about it, but They try so hard. What? They try too hard. Deontward? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but not Sufjan Stevens. He doesn't try too hard. (laughs) Mr. Forced Emotion himself. You son of a bitch. Top U.S. cities. Try too hard. They do. Here's the problem. Denver, Ashford. It's on a fucking Monday night. After school started. Oof. That's the problem. Ashburn, Virginia. Oh, that's AOL country. Boulder, San Fran, New York, L.A., 
Of course, the heavy hitters. All right, the moving on. Shakers. That's who's listening. Let's move on. Seattle. This isn't really boring. London is top ten. All right, fine. Make it fun. <laughs> I'm ready. You're telling me, like, it'd be better, you know, that oh, song's look. great, but maybe we should show some restraint and not oh, be I precious and cut out of it early. But you want to sit and spend five minutes I like this. reading through a list of countries that people have listened to the podcast. I, I just, maybe a little peek behind the curtain. That's too big a peek. How we make the sausage. A peek would be a peek. That was right. more like a like soul-bearing. Okay, That's fine. The kimonos all the way open. Fine. The meat's dangling. Please. No one I'm wants a, to see it. I didn't even know we were going to do this one. I'm excited for this one. Not so swift, Tay Tay. What is That's this? Right. Not so swift, Tay Tay. This comes I to us see it. from High Snobiety. Oh, love them. So you remember the kerfuffle? You back go to them quite often. When Life of Pablo dropped? Yeah, do I? And there was this but whole. You know what? Can I? No, let's not. I would have bought. I would have purchased that album had you been able to. That's one of the few albums I would have purchased if he hadn't done the whole title crap. And by the time it's now, I'm like, I don't. I'm not going to buy it. Okay, well, this isn't a... He's still adding to it, though. He put a new song on it last week. It's not a mea culpa here. This is just that you remember he... There's a famous, an infamous lyric in there where he says that... Yes. Uh, made bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. Yeah. And, she, and he claimed at the time that he had run that past her. They had a phone call. But she vehemently denied it. Nope, she didn't. She denied the content of the phone call. They had the phone call. All right, well, she denied knowing that that lyric was on there. It turns then, out the, the phone call's recorded. They have it, and her... You know what you're doing? What? You were referring, this is an art, I haven't read this article. Is this an article referring to Katie Weaver's work at GQ when she interviewed Kim Kardashian? Uh, that's mentioned in there, I think. Because I read that. I read Good the source you. material. Good for you. You wasted more time than me. Katie's amazing. Because this didn't take me very long. Katie's so good. Okay. She used to work at Gawker. Um, Hilarious. She's the one that went on the, the cruise with Paula Dean for a week. Sounds kind of familiar. And then wrote about it. <laughs> These photos of her and Paula. Anyway, yeah, uh, so the Kim camp actually filmed all, they film everything. This was last week. You read this last week, huh? Yeah. That Kim Kardashian dropped a bombshell. Yeah. That Taylor was conscious was conscious of this lyric before the album's release and has been playing the martyr to the press in the months since. Mm, and that's actually a, that's not a great recap of the source material either. That's such a Taylor Swift move, though. The martyr. Oh. <laughs> that tapestry of noise. High snobiety. Go to GQ. Read the original. Katie... It's eh. good. It's good. She's good. She's worth reading if you want a culture critic. Or if you just want a quick bit of gossip, you could go to High Stability and not get all heady about it. There's also lots of naked photos of Kim Kardashian in, you know. On GQ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually don't get those on High Stability. <laughs> there you go. You just get a couple of side-by-side -side shot of. Now you'll go to the source material. <laughs> now the source material, yeah. Anyway. It's interesting because she sits down with her and they have some meetings and she gets inside the house and it, it, there's these little tender, you know, making the person real tender moments. Mm -hmm. Kim, what's something that you, uh, con you, that really bugs you to, that Kanye gets bugged about? Ugh. Wow. Are you sure you didn't write this article? <laughs> oh, God damn it. And uh, like they stumble out. She picks up the phone and calls them and they stumble and they can't find anything because they love each other so much and all that. What strikes me about this whole thing is just what a prisoner Taylor Swift is of her own fame. Her yeah. Own she does seem trapped in it more than Kim because they're filming it all, though. Also, there's footage of fil Kanye's group because they, they want to make documentaries out of the making of all his albums and stuff. And there's footage of him calling Taylor. Yeah, and now they're like, there's this legal thing. Like well, you that can't doesn't prove who's footage. on the other end of the phone. Yeah, I think they no. T they've her camp has admitted it. Oh, her kids. These camps are fucked. It's stupid. You know, I think I think really Tay Tay Tay's totes jelly because she wishes she could just be as free and open and not give a fuck as You're Kanye a forty year and Kim. old man. You're a forty year old man. I'm just speaking the language, man. You know what I'm saying though? Like they can say and do whatever the fuck they want. She cannot. Yeah, exactly. She has to run. If she wants to wipe her ass with two plies, she has to run it past her team. All right. I'm gonna pull these up for you. See what you see what you think. Did you hear that? That's a good subhead right there. Didn't hear that. Say it again. If she wants to wipe her ass with two plies, she's got to run it past her team. It's a bit long. So, so I'm gonna show Josh some pictures of Kim. I'm not a huge fan of nude pictures of her. Well, they're not nude yet. Well, here we go. Eh. There's, there's a couple. There we go. Yeah, I've seen her nipples before. <laughs> this is creepy, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like, 
somebody listening to this. Is this like the 40 year old version of you showing me your porn collection? <laughs> no, I don't have one. Okay. You just have that GQ link. Yep, just this GQ. Just the, a, one, the one thing in, in uh, the spank bank of oh, Jesus, the Kingmaker. I'm, I'm putting this in the doc. This is good if you want to read it. Go ahead. What? Hey, well timed. Let's get to the show. Outburst. Okay. Uh, summertime Natchcast Book Club. Have my book. That's good. Why don't you bang on it again that's, next to the mic? What an effect. For someone who complains about excess noise, you, you sure up. like to kick you it up. Wound you sure up like today. to kick up some dust, you. don't you? I don't know. I so, think there's too uh, much wind. The Taste of Country Cooking by Edna Lewis, published in 1976. Crap. That's too late now. I was gonna. I found the bag of flaming hot Cheetos <laughs> with the the note on it that explained. Remember, I told you. Yeah, my, you did. My brother and his. What was it? Just tell me. Wife gave me this book for my birthday because it was published in 1976. I don't know. I didn't. I was gonna bring it out, serve you some flaming hot Cheetos. And then read you the thing. We'll save it for the end of the show. Stick around for that. Edna Lewis, uh, born April 13th, 1916. I'm setting it up brush style. That's what you did last time. Died February 13th, 2006. Hold on. That's just life happening. African-American chef and author best known for her books on traditional southern cuisine. Let us Today, discuss. Chapter 2. two. Well, it's not actually chapter two. It's just called summer. 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 Oh. Summer segment of the book. So my first response is that it was really long. It was very long. What? Jam-packed full of... And insight. so concludes Yeah. <laughs> segment two of it's the... a little too long. But we encourage you. No, 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 no. Oh, I know what I'll say. I got a few things. I made a few notes. I got one for you. They're, Sponge. They're, they're quick, too. You know what? Let's, let's not... What? <sighs> So those of us who uh, tuned in last oh, week, yeah, you and your sponge. What'd you find I, well, out? No, I talked to you about like you, you know. She talks starter. about making a sponge and started like, no, it's a cake. Cake. It is a cake, but and she talks about sponge cake, but it's completely different from a sponge. So you lose. What do you mean, you bastard? Explain that. All I said was sponge that cake right here in Britain, in the kingdom. Okay, I'm right here. Sponge cake though. Recipe for sponge cake. You don't leave anything out overnight. It's just a simple, quick hit no, cake. No, you're still misinter... <laughs> no, I'm saying that she calls a sponge is like making an overnight starter for bread. And how you can't see that is uh, beyond me. All right? Just... Because you know what? Fall from grace gracefully, Kingmaker. Let me go to the internet. Sponge is an American alternative rock band from Detroit, Michigan, formed in 1991 by Luther Vandross. That didn't say that. By Vinnie Dombrowski. Mike Cross, Tim Cross, and Joey Mazzola. Mazzola? Yep. All were formerly of the hard rock band Loud House. I remember they had one song. Uh, it was, their big hit was Someone's Age. It was like called 14, no. What's their big hit? Um, oh, here. I don't know. Plowed? Molly, 16 Candles Down the That's Drain. That's the one, 16 Can't See. Yeah, it's close. I've never heard of that. That was it's on the album Rotting Pinata. Of course you know this. I like <laughs> that song. Of course you know I this. I didn't care for that album, but that song was All fun. right. I contend that Sponge is just a sweet cake. Well, it is a sweet cake, but you can also do yeast rolls from sponge batter. Which would be a sweet batter. Nope, it's not a sweet batter. I don't think it means sourdough starter. I didn't say it meant sourdough starter. All I said it was it's a starter-esque thing. Okay. And you pitched a big fit sitting over there eating your overnight oats. You know oats what? In to sourdough. be continued. Maybe Not we'll find out continued. in fall. No, dude. We found out in summer. Nah. The recipe for sponge cake is nothing like when you make a sponge for the yeast bread or the yeast roll. So, I'm going to call some of my, uh, my, some of my folks down south. Yeah. Hey, can you put down the can of natural light? And what is something happening right now that I need to be aware of? It sounds like someone's uh, sweeping a street. <laughs> we would all be served in our turn. Yes, I have a few. I have a few. Uh, some things. So I've connected some dots here. You ready? Can Re hardly wait. Reading from Edna, uh, Summer. We would all be served in our turn, and we would enjoy each bite, discussing which condiment made the melon even sweeter: salt or pepper. I never even thought of putting pepper on a melon, but as soon as she says that, you can taste it in your frickin' mouth. You can taste a Now, you salt melon. your melon? You salt your melon. I don't do anything to my melon. I salt my melon. I'll bet you do, southern boy. Explains that. I got another one in here. That's me turning pages. See? People you know, just little subtle cues to people that this book club is legit. Neil Young wrote a song about you, didn't he? Skillet Scallions? What's that song? Southern man, blah, blah. <laughs> you thinking of old man? 
No, he has a song called Southern Man. Yeah, you're right. Have you ever, have you ever, skillet Scallions? Old Man could be about you as well, Mark. I'm have you ever done that? that? Skillet Scallions? Sounds good. No, I read that recipe, though, and it sounded good. It's easy. That's Look what I you. like about these, these recipes. A lot of them are very simple. It's four bunches of scallions. It's three tablespoons of butter. You basically cut off the little furry tips and fry them up. There was a uh, That's sweet, a great summertime. A fried sweet dish. potato recipe I almost made, too. It's just slice your sweet potatoes thin, Damn fry them in butter. There's your sponge cake. We'll move past that. <laughs> oh, here. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Keeping this theme going from last week. I know week. about the bare My feet. Fi- All right, dude. But Mid- they said by midsummer it, by Sunday. Midsummer, they're tough. Just settle down. Yeah. Midsummer Sunday breakfast. The most pleasant memories come to my mind of a midsummer breakfast. Windows and doors were flung wide open. Our bare feet had become completely toughened and comfortable as we sat and quietly relaxed on a long bench behind the table where a platter. Hot fried chicken rested, along with fried vegetables such as corn or simling, sausage cakes, biscuits, batter bread, or cornmeal muffins, jelly or preserves, coffee, and well water or milk for the children. Again, this just proves the point I made last week. You have to earn the right to be barefoot. She says, by then their feet are toughened. They're not these sissified, flip-flopped feet with nary a callus. Oh, I got callus. No, she proves the point, my point. If you want to go barefoot, you need to earn the right. You need to toughen up your feet. I go barefoot everywhere. Just not in, in your, your house. In your flip-flops. Fried green corn. Protecting your souls. You know what this shit did to me? Fried green corn? You know what's going to happen now? Are you thinking of the time you cried when you watched fried green tomatoes? Six ears of corn, two tablespoons of fresh bacon fat or butter, salt, sugar, black pepper. You, you scrape the corn off and fry it up. Mm-hmm. I guess scrape it off raw, right? Why you don't not? cook it first. I'm going to have to go buy some of that epic duck fat lard or whatever. I'm going to have to go buy some legit, like, primo, paleo yeah. <laughs> fat <laughs> so I can fry up some green corn. They or you could just use olive oil. No. No. That's the problem is I'm reading most of these recipes. My God, that sounds good. I'm not cooking with lard. You're not Southern. <laughs> I had a great article for you. You're not Southern. <laughs> I had a great article for you. <laughs> no, it's I'm coming out. This book is bringing are. it out. I'm reconnecting. And you know what? I bet if we went down south, I could trick more people into thinking I'm southern. Oh, not even I bet close. I think I'm southern before not they even think you're close. southern. You don't even have a stitch of clothing in your house that would pass for this pass in the Southland. Neither do you, Nicholas. You <laughs> Nicholas. dress for the freaking golf course. <sighs> Testy. This, so here's the, one for deeper. The more we do this podcast, the, the, the more. I think the deeper our friendship, but also the more squabbling and the, the surface level hate. <laughs> there's no hate. There's hate. severe irritation. Just irritation, that's a better word. But it's funny because you come over and everything's set up and then for like a half hour we're conducting Natch Studio business and we're so jovial and supportive and like, no man, don't take that from that client. No, it needs to be this way. Then you Got each other's backs and then a little as soon red as light I hit on record, this mic, it comes on. <laughs> yep, as soon as I hit record, Mark hears noises, yeah. complains that the intro music's too long. I guess I, I would but think you know you're what? the set. Uh, I bet Red Ant is still bouncing around in your head right now. Can we hear a moment of it? Nope. I'll, I'll close with it. Look. Oh, of course you will. I'm All not right. going to interrupt the flow because I got one for DFA here. Page 59, steamed lamb's quarters. Oh, you in son fact, of a bitch. You got it. If you go around the corner of that oh, yeah, rose right over bush, there? there's some steamed lamb's quarter. Or not steamed, sorry, but there's some lamb's quarters oh, over this, there. This right here? Yep. Huh. They grow in my yard. Hold on. I got to catch this bus. <laughs> Lamb's quarters grow bountifully from early spring through early fall in well-enriched spots such as gardens and truck pa- oh truck patches. How ironic that a truck just passed patches of field. That's patches of field-grown vegetables to us Yankees. Uh, when I say truck patches, Mark, his mind immediately goes to exactly what that is because he's a southern man. 18-wheelers. So it's very much like Riding. spinach in taste and texture, but without the acid aftertaste. It is delicious, cooked with a meat stock or steamed in a col- colander and served with oil sprinkled over. Um, yeah, just you an, made another point. another way to make lamb's quarters because I've made just a raw salad with them, but this is nice. It talks about how they collapse like spinach after they cook and all the delicious crap you can do with them. So go get some lamb's quarters, Dife, and uh, get yourself some water and a pound of cured meat. You can and a them. jar of... Uh, Pure primo duck lard. You know this this uh, recipe actually sprouts. does not call for any lard. Surprisingly, sliced tomatoes with oh that's I'm saving it. You have to let me know when you're about to get your blood work. I was actually supposed to go in 
Right. I was supposed to be there now. I canceled the appointment so we could do this. Oh. Look at that. So when's it rescheduled for? I'm going to go get blood drawn early next week and then on thir- oh. Thursday. So we'll have, okay. to, we'll have to wait till after the break. Natchcast is going to... We'll, we'll keep dropping fresh content on you, but we're going to be out of town. Well, don't, who gives a shit about that? What I'm saying is when, when you get the results, we... I'm queuing it up. I'm letting people know God they're coming, willing, but they're going to have to wait. If you're still upright, and oh, if fine. we're going to do a whole spread on it, because I want to do the before and after. I want to know what you did. Oh, I'll, I'll walk you through it. And I want to show you all of the latest evidence that... Uh, so it doesn't matter? LDL doesn't mean shit. Most of the people who have heart attacks actually have normal LDL. That's... Enjoy that. Cause, was it causation? Not yeah. Okay. Okay. Sliced tomato. We'll, we'll save that one. Sliced tomatoes with special seasoning. I mean, I don't know why it's called special seasoning, but from the day from that, this is summer, right? This is what I think of in summer. Mm. Tomatoes. No. <laughs> Damn! I tried to be a pro and just keep going. I didn't know that was coming up. From that day until the first frost, no dinner was complete without a dish of sliced, luscious red tomatoes. Do people like the word luscious? Especially when you say it. With club sauce. Ooh. Sprinkled liberally with granulated sugar. Yes, I've heard of that. And fresh black pepper with a light touch of salt and left to marinate for 10 to 15 minutes. Salt and pepper always. I've never done sugar. Have you? Yes, I have. What does it taste like? I've blistered tomatoes in a hot frying pan with a bit of sugar. No, 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 just raw. Just sliced tomato. Oh, I'm Instead sure it probably tastes sweet. <laughs> Enhances the sweetness of the fruit. Matchcast 69. Here's one more point I'd like to make about the... the you weren't focused on that one. But that's okay, I'm playing attention yes, to I yours. Yes, I was. No, I said it would make it taste sweet, and I brought up an anecdote. I said, I've fried tomatoes in a hot pan with sugar to caramelize them. What more do you want from me? I, I bet you there's something special. That if, especially if it's called special seasoning. It's just sugar, salt, and pepper. That sounds special to me. Okay. But it's the holy trinity of seasons. Nings. It's not special, though. Those are your go-to baseline. Not, but how often do you mix all three? Exactly. That's a special occasion. Exactly. All right, you happy now? You there feeling we, better about I that one? I think we finally got somewhere on that one, yeah. Okay, we'll see. Let's That's see where we can go with this. So, uh, page 76, Virginia fried chicken with brown gravy. I just want to read the intro here because it uh, brings something up that's central to this book and should be central to our lives, I think. In Freetown, fried chicken was a very special dish. Like many other things of that day, frying chickens were produced only once a year in late spring through early summer. They were hand-raised and specially fed, producing the most delicious flavored chicken. We fried them in sweet home-rendered lard, churned butter, and a piece of smoked ham for added flavor. But just the, just the fact that even the frying chickens are seasonal. You know, you're not getting frying chickens. I can go to Costco and get a, f- a fucking Coleman fryer chicken right now. But it shouldn't be that way. Well, actually, it should be because they'd be in season right now. <laughs> but in fall, maybe I shouldn't have access to these frying chickens. Maybe there's a reason for that. You said it, man. Harmony. They're in harmony with the land. They know when it when is Love time it. and when is not time. Yeah, because I just assume, yeah, there's always chickens running around. Just walking around like we've progressed. Like, yeah, maybe there are a few chickens, but the frying chickens... And I believe frying chickens are female chickens. Can you concur, Southern man? What does the colonel think? <laughs> I don't know that one. Ooh, see? We're Save down that one south. for D-phase segment one. That's me passing the Southern test before you. What are we going to call her segment? Um, We've decided... Dealing with D-phase? Oh! Well, I guess it'd be my D-phase dealing with I think our, our earliest... Oh, oh, hold on. Jesus, man, this is... Do you realize wow. at any moment, like, Apple could decide, I want to listen to Natchcast and just, I'm, I'm ready to promote this one. Ooh. No, I think they'll admire Baseline our, audio problems. It's not an audio problem. The, the sound is rich. Yeah, the sound is rich. It's clearly the sound. It's all intentional. The street sweeper. And what happened is I think it came up that back of the street behind us. Yeah. And now it's coming down right in front of my house. And yeah. that's why it's extra loud. But hey, it's almost what? gone. Watermelon right. Oops. Oh, yeah, I love the watermelon rind. How about that, right? During the melon season, we enjoyed many afternoons tasting the different kinds of watermelons. Afterward, we would carefully select the thickest rinds and prepare them for pickling. What would they do with the seeds, though? They'd save the seeds of the sweetest. To to plant for next year. Yeah, it's great. Then they wouldn't get sued by Monsanto. Fuck no. 
I'm just doing little highlights. I, think I, I never got even thought of pickling a watermelon rind, but what's ironic too is you have to cut away the pink, the pink flesh because it'll get tough when you pickle it. Imagine Isn't that interesting. Look at these little. It's just you, who would have guessed that knowledge. And you know what? We don't have just to make dandelion knowledge. wine. We don't have to go. I mean, it would be fun to go find a field of dandelion heads. We're on the same page. But but I wonder plum why wine. you like some plum wine. You know what I liked about this most? Uh, in wine making, as in jelly making. A few berries or fruit of a different kind were thrown in for added flavor and would become a conversation piece yes. when the wine was served. For this one, she's it's plum wine. She's how saying, important is no, how, the conversation around the food? Yeah, a handful of blackberries, grapes, Makes it into the recipe. Hear that, recipe writers? <sighs> and then, of course, it, the, the chapter, near the end of the chapter, she talks about Revival Week. This is a serious book club. Which was like a... You know, all these pages. A big ceremonial week kind of... Harkening back in some ways to the days of slavery, I didn't quite understand the connection, but it sounded like the connection was deep. But it's where... Our revival week always began on the second Sunday in August. Memories of slavery lingered with us still, and revival was in a way a kind of thanksgiving. It was their celebration, I think. I think that's pretty much what I just said. I don't understand why it was connected. Well, no, I don't understand the direct connection. I don't think it's direct. Okay. It's a celebration of freedom. You really you are wouldn't. southern. You um, Yeah. But all their family would come in from, like, Chicago and Philadelphia. M- mutton. Back home. Do you know what mutton was? And they'd feast for, like, three days. God, they'd feast. Isn't mutton a uh, lamb? When buying mutton now, you have to be sure it's from a reliable butcher. And there are f- This was, what, 1976? It's got to be three years or older. And there are a few that sell it. Lamb is only a trade name today. It is neither lamb nor is it mutton. It is really a sheep of an age between the two. Oh, man. I Can I start calling more. you uh, Corn Puddin'? Sure. <laughs> That's a good nickname for the you. Lemonade, nice tea. I was excited about those recipes. They were, they were a little, they were, they were all right. And hey, Tyler Wells, if you're listening, you're a southern man. Did you know that there's a thing called Tyler Pie? Yeah, I want to know what that is. There are many recipes for Tyler Pie or pudding. Yeah, this recipe has been around Lahore for 100 years, and I suspect Lahore's it is pretty close town. to the original since Tyler was born in Orange County. Well, Tyler, you. you're from the OC. I thought you were from Virginia, baby. I think Tyler would also like these hot spiced beets, but that's not what I want to talk about. I have one more point. Okay, make it. Which is just to emphasize, where, uh, where was I born? Uh, I forget. Yeah, no wonder you don't think I'm Southern. Where'd I grow up? You grew up in Arlington, Virginia. Incorrect, but close. What? That's where you grew up? You were just Alexandria, outside of D.C.? Alexandria, Virginia. All right, whatever. You were just outside of D.C. You were closer the to a metropolis a than a frickin' Virginia. farm. Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, on the northern cusp of Virginia. Born? In a fucking suburb of Washington, D.C. Richmond. Boom. All right, so It what? is said that pigs were brought to Virginia from England during the 1600s. Wait, now are you calling yourself a pig? And the meat <laughs> developed... A pig? <clears throat> Soon became one of the most popular meats in the cookery of the region. Perhaps it is the acorns, peach pits, peanuts, corn, and maybe some truffles found in the oak forest of Virginia. Plus the smoked hickory cure taught by the Virginian Indians that has given the Virginia ham the delicious flavor for which it is famous. Terroir. It's in your blood. It's in your soil. Can't escape. Yeah, you're kind of full of shit, though. And you can't attain... I can attain. I can attain. Yeah. You, couldn't even, you couldn't even handle it. You went back to Georgia and you came back all, oh, all feeble. I'll go and never come timid. back. Like, what happened in Georgia? Nothing. Natchcast 69. I'm the Sound Talk. Yep. Text me anytime. 303-548-6877. We seem to be decently active on both Twitter and Instagram. We're, ha- we're having a real Instagram uh, moment. At Real Natch. So I suggest you go there and check that shit out. Okay. We have a newsletter that you should subscribe to. Just shoot me a text. You still didn't add that button, huh? I'm not going to add that button. Well, why make people... Yeah, I like it to be a little mysterious. Yeah, that's the way to go. That's how you grow your subscriber base. You make it difficult. Nah, I'll just add people manually. Hi at Natch.is. That'll get you in there. Or you can just say hi at hi at Natch.is. What else do we do? Got a website. Meh. It's more for the studio. Oh, we got the show on there. Do some blog posts. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> That's, 
Sorry, I was actually trying to think of a headline for the first article we yeah, have here. It's our first. I think we only have two, we have three news stories now. Tell you what, we'll give the headline at the end of this one. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with the headline while you're doing nope, it. You don't get to. Yeah, no, I want to. This is a Bloomberg you had your article. Chance. This is a Bloomberg article. Um, I have not read it. I'm going to sit back and listen and enjoy. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm not going to give you every aspect of this. Uh, well, you don't many have to. Sided piece of journalism here. Okay. It's a captivating piece. So I suggest you go to Bloomberg.com and you look up this article. Putin is growing super. Oh no, sorry. No, don't do that. Just sign up for the newsletter, and the link's right there. Better yet. Yeah. Text the Soundhawk. Putin is growing organic power one T-34 tank tomato at a time. Ooh. By Anatoly Medetsky. Okay. And Matthew Campbell. And yeah. Yeah. Yulia Fedorinova. There's some legit names in there. Well, there's some Russian-sounding names that's in there. What, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so deep in the... Co- what? Cossack? Rough start. Okay. I'm listening. Caucasus? Caucasus, yeah. Deep in the Caucasus. That's funny. Downriver from Europe's highest peak, North Korean women roam Soviet-era hothouses, growing <laughs> what tycoon Vladimir Evtushkinov or Evtushenkov, Evtushenkov is betting will be his next big bounty, the T-34 Battle Tomato. What is that? Whose dog is that? That's Buckles. That's fucking Buckles. What did I think his name was? Well, no, his name's Patches. I called him Buckles. Jenny, no, it was Jenny. Thought your life Red partner twist. thought his name was Buckles. Red Twist thought that was Buckles. She's like, what's that dog's name? Buckles? What's going on Actually, with Buckles? Actually, I think that's Chica. Um, it's I don't nice. Know what, I don't know it's what nice Chica's barking at. little background ambiance. Telling you, the kids are inside. They're being real quiet right now, but you can't count on that. We would have heard the movie in the background, and then anyone who's seen Letters to Momo would be distracted by hearing the soundtrack in the background. Instead you, got, of the, you, got a, you got a story here. Having trouble with what's so there is a T thirty four battle tomato that's a real thing. Oh yeah, I'll tell you about that. Oh, tomato. I thought that was a clever turn of phrase. It is, and I'll explain that in a minute. But what's happening right now is Russia is ramping up growing of food. Okay. Just food, or what, so is it organic? Much of it organic. Food? Oh, much, much of, of it organic. organic. Yeah. Smart long term play. It's Putin. a pivot. So uh, yeah, it's a pivot on this for a while. So let me tell you about this uh, this Izuni agricultural complex, a mass of greenhouses the size of 2,300 football fields and oh. between the Black and Caspian Seas. So here they grow plump hybrid tomatoes named for a fearsome tank that helped trounce Hitler. Oh, wow. So that's where that tomato gets its name. I love it. Bruv. I love it. Um, and so at 67, this name, Etkushkinikov. Okay. Wait, I'm going to get it right. Evtushenkov. 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 I need my friend Ben Davis. You do? We've talked about him on this podcast. He was Is he Southern? Nope. He's the one who used to make fun of me. I hadn't seen Dune, and he would call me the Kwisat Satirak, and I didn't know what he was talking about. But he speaks He speaks Russian. He went to... <laughs> you didn't do a good job of hiding that fart, man. That was not me. You're just you're you're. Dude, that was not. You're just reveling in the. Good try. <laughs> good try. Yeah. Who's blushing? Not me. Yeah. You farter. <laughs> good try. Uh, so this dude's he's one of the he's he's the oldest of the top forty Russians in the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. So these are some big heavy hitting Russians, taking this growing thing by the reins, man. Yeah. Putin is seeking to minimize Russia's reliance. You feeling okay? On markets he can't control. I'm a little lightheaded from your fart. <laughs> Russia overtook the U.S. this year to become the biggest exporter of wheat. Okay, what's going on? We're making this tank tomato. We got a lot of land. They're, they're doubling down, Some of down, this organic. Dude. We got this old guy, oldish. But he's one of the richest men in the... In the uh, and he's focusing on food. He's part of this whole thing. Love it. They're, they're, they're sinking tons of money into this. Why did this make you fart? <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, it got quieter. Go. I don't know what that was. So that grain surplus I was just telling you about, combined with the weaker ruble, helped lift food exports to a record $20 billion in 2015, more than the country earned from arms sales. By Whoa. some estimates, Russia has more than 40 million hectares. Why do I always blow that you word, You always too? blow that one. Well, that's not a common word. Hectares of idle land suitable for growing, an area about the size of Iraq. You know what shit happened when we... So my youngest child fell off the playground thought we'd broken a bone maybe we got a fracture in the elbow went to the er they did all the measurements they and i'm like how much does she weigh many kilos like what 
How tall is she? Meters? Dude. Maybe you're in a... Don't Make mountain, America great again. Maybe, but maybe it's one of those mountain towns that's firmly independent. Fiercely independent. I don't know. Like, no, we're weird. going metric. I was like, what are you doing that for? All right, I'm listening. They're showing solidarity. Solidarity. They want uh, Britain to remain in the in the EU. So it's like a campaign. So it's the hectickers. They're big about the hectickers. It's memeing hard. Hectares. 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 Well, it looks like the I'm, word hect, and it looks like acres Have I been too close to word. this mic the whole... I'll, I'll stop. Go ahead. Absolutely, you have. I have? You're always... You should have told me that. Why? You don't listen? <sighs> yeah, they think it's funny. I oh, I bet that's the scene in the movie where the the goblin farts on a wild boar. It's just a theme over at this house. Yeah. Movies, podcasts. And you kind of you kind of look like the, the goblin in the movie that farts is the sort of tall, lanky one, so it's perfect. All right. So what do I need to... D- any takeaways from this besides that? I don't know. I feel like I've lost all momentum here. Um, I don't know. What, listen to this. No, that's kind of more fun if I just read you quotes, right? <laughs> no, it's I not. thought you liked responding. <laughs> All right, I'll respond. After Turkey downed a Russian fighter jet along the Syrian border in November, Moscow responded by banning a range of produce from its former <sighs> ally, Food leading wars. authorities to broadcast videos of inspectors enthusiastically bulldozing Turkish tomatoes. Yeah. Whoa. Just a few weeks later, with Yuzni's biggest competitor swept from the market. Evtishkengovle acquired the complex and the organic tomatoes and cucumbers it produces for an undisclosed sum. So here's what they're really doing, man. They're going, they're just getting fucking insulated. They're producing all their own food and they're turning it into an export because there's all these sanctions on them for other What's the word for that? You're not isolationist? Protectionist? Could be isolationist. No, there's a word for that. Xenophobic? (laughs) No, not quite that. Not that one. What is that word when you're... Go ahead. I was just going to give you a banger quote from Putin here. Please give me a, uh, a, uh... Russia is able to become the world's largest supplier of healthy or... What? What are you doing? Don't take a picture of me. I'm not. Well, it kind of looks like you are. Nope. All right. Russia is able to become the world's largest supplier of healthy, ecologically clean and high-quality food, which Western producers have long lost, Putin told Parliament after the Turkish ban was imposed. You hear that? Putin. Flinging shit. Right in your eye. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He's saying these Western companies... They, you seen his pecs? These Western countries have lost their Smooth mojo. Smooth upper body. Russia's stepping in. Interesting. Russia rising. Yeah. Ooh. A, a secure domestic organic food supply. Uh, would that be a competitive advantage across the globe? Yeah. yeah. It, would, it would just be good to be able to yeah. feed, feed all your own citizens, right? Would be good. Yeah. And, I mean, they've got good water trickling down from the fucking mountains. Which leads me to... They're set up for it, dude. My story. Oh, are we done with this one? Well, we could, we could, we could weave them together. Okay. But the point is you should read this article because... I'm not going to. There are so many different forces at play in, oh. in, in uh, what's happening in Russia, and there's many ramifications that I was just not able to get into here. The real melting pot. Could have been a whole podcast. Origins of food crops connect countries worldwide. We're going deep on this one for you. We're not going deep. We went deep to find it. We went to the proceedings of the Royal Society B. I implore you to not read the list of authors on this study, please. Please do. No, no that's why I put them. No, there's like <laughs> 50 people here. This appears in the June 2006 uh, journal. 2006? Research performed by or Colin Curry, Harold A. Achenkani, Achenkanoi, Andy Bjorkman, nope. Carlos Navarro nope, Rasin, nope, 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 Luigi nope. Guarino. I'm going to hit pause if you don't stop. And it goes on. Lauren, okay. Uh, basically, research into the origin, there's the quote, origins of food plants has led to the recognition, are you going to get this, that the specific geographical regions around the world, excuse me, Research into the origins of food. Okay, I got that. Plants. Food, food plants. Food plants? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like the plants that grow out of the earth or the pr- like processing plants? Which kind of plants are we no, talking? No, plants. Earth. That still doesn't. Okay. Uh, the green leafy things. Yes. Okay. The origins of those has led to the recognition that specific geographical regions around the world have been of particular importance to the development of agricultural crops. Duh. What, like Freetown? Yet the relative contributions of these different regions in the context of current food systems have not been quantified. Here we determine the origins, the primary regions of diversity, 
of the crops comprising the food supplies and agricultural production of countries worldwide. Explain that to an eight-year-old, Mark. Uh, I'm going to explain that to an eight-year-old via the results. Okay. Sixty-nine, rough, uh, 68.7% of national food supplies. That's almost 69, Natchcast episode 69. 69, dude. I thought we were going to get through a whole show without that. Without I was waiting and seeing if you were going to You know what I that. meant to do is... Uh, I was waiting. Nab How that. many minutes did we get? I was it's for 46 <laughs> minutes. I was going to nab that scene from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and actually drop that in as a sound cue. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could close with that. 69% of national food supplies, that's your own. Not export, import. That's your own. As a global mean are derived from foreign crops. We've transplanted all of the wonderful plants that grew up over here and put them over here. And we know what that does to pigs. You bring it to Virginia, you get that Virginia ham. <laughs> You're making it a good thing, I see. Yeah, all right. Oh, it's a bad thing? Well, I think that it, 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 this is scientific research. It's neither. Sixty-nine percent of fucking matters at this point, Mark. Sixty exact. Sixty-nine percent of crops grown are foreign. I'm glad that 35 people got paid a full-time salary to foreign crop out. usage has increased significantly over the past 50 years, including in countries with high indigenous crop diversity. Even the countries that can support themselves with diverse indigenous food plants are bringing in other weird ones. So there's some lovely info. The, the main reason I picked this is because the infographics are amazing. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> I was say, I'm, I'm never going to sit and decipher this. Well, because you're this, looking on your phone. You always, look at this power wheel. This is so hard. What the fuck is that? Don't, don't, look, do you have any means of podcasting where you could actually see the thing instead of doing it just off well, your phone? Well, my computer is dedicated to the recording of this podcast. So do you want to know where stuff has grown? I can tell you. Not really. Look this, at that map. I can, the map I can see. This other thing just looks like. Well, let's just let's just let's just stay close to home. Let's it looks talk like about s- it. Looks like spin art gone. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you about that mad. one. I have one point to make on that, and yeah. then I'm done. All right. I don't. So I should know what this chart means. I'm guessing these are. You are the kingmaker. Where, so I'm just gonna look at North America, right where we are. Although the podcast is global, should we, I go to Honduras? Let's go back to the SoundCloud stats. With who we? would? Well, yeah. People didn't. We didn't get quite. I was. I was impulsive. I was hasty. I, I shouldn't wanna, have talked you away from. Yeah, I don't. All those. If if the Netherlands really wants, I can pay attention to the Netherlands. <laughs> North America, what are we good at? And I'm guessing these are all not native then that we've brought them in as foreign. I should have verified that. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> dealing with defake and clear oh, this up later. Um, blueberries, pumpkin. That looks like a sunflower. Is that a sunflower? Uh, mm-hmm. Sunflower. Yeah, what is that? Grapes? Just a bunch of fucking emojis. Cranberry? Yeah, that's why it's nice. So that's good. I, that, that, okay, fine. Link in the dock. The spin art thing is insane, right? That's just showing you how interconnected all of these countries are by their food supplies. Yep. But, but, look at, you can't see it. I'm right here. What do you see in North America? Is that on the left or the right? This is like heavy degrees of connection. This is all connections. Look at the heavy. No, squinting. South Africa. What? <laughs> what? We have a heavy connection with South Africa. We do? What do you look at? That's Central America. God, you need glasses, Wait, man. Let me see. <laughs> no, that's C America. No, S Africa. Oh, okay. North America. Oh, yeah, we're screwed. We're all alone. Is that good or bad? I don't think it matters. Okay. I think this has been a, this whole study was a colossal waste of time, especially of some very talented graphic designer who probably spent months making those insane visual Last point. representations of data that no one's going to Since I haven't been able to convince you how interdependent this food supply is. Not because it has to be, necessarily, just because that it's become that. Because we're busybodies, we're moving around, we're jet setters. I just feel like, yeah, we can do it. Let's just grab some of that. Yeah. Use of foreign crops was lowest in countries located within, oh God, this is going to get too technical, uh, and where traditional staples are still cultivated and consumed. Duh. Such as Southeast Asia, the South and East Mediterranean, South Asia, Central Asia, West Asia, and West Africa. The lowest levels of foreign crop use you're not even listening. 19%. We're all trying to get in my garage. 
So we're down from 69% to 19% in Cambodia, yeah. 20% in Bangladesh, 20% in Niger. So are you trying to say that if, if you go to these, these are the places where you can go and actually truly experience regional cuisine? In a sense. I like, I, look at you. Because even, even, in, even in the taste of country cooking, she's left and right talking about these plant species that have been brought over. These are countries with food systems dominated by... So if limited, you want a truly indigenous dish, Bangladesh, baby. A limited number of traditional staples such as rice, wheat, yam, sorghum, and millets. We would think of these Not as... Not a lot the, of variety. We would think of these as the poorest countries, but they've also maybe got their own food supplies, and they're just they're not by choice. I'm sure they'd bring in the. Uh, you know what I'd like to do? Sunflower lecithin oils. I'd like to dig into the colon of a Bangladeshi and find out what gut flora is popping off in there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I bet their gut health is a treasure trove of useful data that could be spun into another wondrous pie chart. What are you typing? Digging into the colon of a Bangladeshi. <laughs> oh, boy. Josh. I'm going to say Josh digs into. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Am I wrong? We've talked about that. We've no, talked about I like the connecting. value of studying uh, the gut flora of, of poor, impoverished people. Or indigenous people, like the people who like let's, let's use that. Untouched. Right. Untouched. All right. Well, in Bangladesh, I think it's less indigenous and more poor and impoverished, probably. But it doesn't mean that there's not insights locked away in those assholes. Speaking I mean of that, assholes. I mean that in the biological sense. Speaking of assholes, less meat, less heat, more life. Less meat, less heat. Behind the scenes with James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger from Wild Aid, which I don't know. So basically James Cameron yep. in a sound studio in L.A. Filming, filming one of the next Avatar films and then they take a little break to uh, set up a green screen and film a little uh, public service announcements with Arnold uh, former governor, the governor. Post-apocalyptic landscape. Yeah, and he's like trudging through. You actually don't get to see the ad. It's don't more get just to see the making ad. of the ad. Just the making of the ad. <laughs> the making of the ad. <laughs> Two-minute clip on Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, and um, James Cameron and Arnold. Do it now. Maybe we should hear a little bit of it. Let's do that. The more I went to do my physical, the more doctors started stressing, says, Arnold, you got to get off meat. So I'm slowly uh, getting off mm -hmm. meat, and they tell you that I feel fantastic. Yeah, so Arnold knows the trick to, uh, to getting off meat. You got to slowly get off meat, especially if you haven't been on meat for a while. You got to take it nice and slow. Was I just hearing meat. voices in my head? It was just the video fading out. Oh, okay. How are you so... <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> uh, if only we hadn't already heard the sound hawk cue three times today. Just checking. We could throw it in one more I time. Need to, I need to pay close attention to these things. Hey, Damn that's, dog, there's man. buckles again. There's buckles again. Yeah, I thought that was cute, that little video. A couple of rich guys saving the world. Good for them. Cameron's hey. very earnest about it. He is. He's... He, Puts yeah, I can't money. be a true environmentalist unless I stop eating meat. No, you know what? True that. True that. True that, homie. <laughs> Arnold, I'm a doctor. My doctor says. I need to eat less meat. Get off it slowly. But the point of this video. No telling. Maybe we should tell people that is that China has like said yeah. they want to cut meat consumption by 50% internally in their own country. And, and that like, impressed what? James Cameron. Hell yeah, it did. You know how hard it is to impress James Cameron? <laughs> yeah, I do. China managed to do it. Not an easy feat. Should we just let everyone soak up a little more of the outdoor ambiance? Oh. Yeah, I think we're done. What do you think, Buckles? Oh, I hear the kids stirring, too. Those are other kids. There's, There's been all sorts of kids in the background. It <laughs> is summertime. Sure. Yeah, it is summertime. All right. We'll, uh, it's been a we'll joy to be with, with you. Uh, Nashcast69. We'll Reach you. out. A little more red ant. God, do we? You love red ant. I like to switch it up at the end. With a such a jerk. What do you mean, a jerk? Yeah, you're like a. I'm doing all the fucking legwork. You oh, exactly. You'd like, I'd like to switch it up. Go do something. Go make me more music. You fucking doing all the legwork like, like it's see? your show. 
I'm doing all, I'm saying I'm I'm making the goddamn bumper music. Where's shoulder season sending me tracks? Oh, oh. haven't had a goddamn Gauntlet thing. Throne. Yeah, there'll be a little singer songwriter in this mix before you know it. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> maybe just a nothing but flourishes. Yeah, or maybe a, a little sweet licks. Little James Blake or James? What's his name? James Blunt. What the hell's that dude's name you love? I don't like James Blake that much. Ooh. James Blunt. I don't like James Blunt at all. Wait, is James Blake the guy? But he's like all like the fractured little. Yeah. Flir- oh, I don't. Oh, because he because he's biting your shit. You don't like him that much. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. I don't listen to it that much. What do you mean? You were jizzing all over the place about no, that I album. Wasn't. Oh, please! You were so enthralled with that no, record. No, not true. How quickly we forget. I'm saying you could do a little James Blake uh, riff on uh, some Seeger. Treat the people to that. Is that what they want? Well, we know that's what one person specifically never wants to hear again, but he doesn't speak for everybody. Nope, he doesn't. All right, that's probably enough. I think you should give me a couple minutes ago. It'll be fine to cut. Montanez was working at a janitor, as a janitor, at a California Frito-Lay factory. One day, in 1976, oh. a machine broke in the Cheetos assembly line. Some of the Cheetos were missing cheese due to the broken machine, so Montanez took them some home and put chili powder on them. Montanez then created his own recipe for a spicier version of Cheetos that his family, friends, and co-workers loved. Next, he made the brave decision to pitch his new product to the CEO of his company. You have an ant on your... A red ant? A piece of hair that's fallen. <laughs> it just fell off. Go oh, ahead. Man. Um, the president loved the idea, and since then, the Flaming Hot line of products was born, including Flaming Hot Cheetos, which is one of Frito-Lay's top, top selling snacks. That goes back to 1976. Well, that's when the recipe was invented. Yeah, but did they actually start making them then? What? What is that taped to the outside of the bag. It's, I told you. <laughs> is that how My it's brother given and to his you? wife, yeah, they were extremely thoughtful for my 40th. That is nice, thank you. I would never have suspected. I thought this was like two or three years old. Well, who knows how long. It doesn't say how long. So for years... The idea was... For years, his friends and family were enjoying his own go. version. Yeah. Are you aware of Takis? That's what they eat at Stedman. None of this pansy crap. 